heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Wednesday, March the 3rd, Ian Cameron, Alex Beeson with you ready to break down the Wednesday uh, NHL card. Uh, before we do, though, a brief look back on what we saw uh, last night uh, in NHL action. Uh, it was an interesting night. The Winnipeg Jets, uh, which was the best bet for me on the show, getting the job done against the Canucks, bouncing back for now 8-0. and The Winnipeg Jets, awful loss. So make sure you're paying attention to that trend. This has been a very, very good team in terms of bouncing back after a subpar performance, they were able to do so again uh, last night against the Vancouver Canucks. And Laurent Brossois may be a guy that you can keep backing to this Winnipeg team when he's in net because you're usually going to get a little bit of a difference in price to back the Jets compared to Hellebuck, compared to uh, Brossois. And to me, Laurent Brossois has been excellent. He was again last night in the victory over the Vancouver Canucks, so a nice win there for the Winnipeg Jets. I said on yesterday's show, Sidney Crosby, being out for Pittsburgh, but better beware, just fading the Penguins based on that. Uh, first team without that star player and top player, so many teams have that propensity to step up, raise their collective game, and still get the job done. The Penguins did that in impressive fashion uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Uh, Nashville back to, to Trashville uh, last night. Uh, now that they played somebody good, uh, they've lost to the Carolina Hurricanes 4-2. Uh, not that surprised to see that. Uh, so those are some of the results that uh, stuck out to me. Islanders and Devils uh, in a low-scoring snooze fest, a 2-1 to victory for the Islanders. Terrible break, though, for Islander puck line betters. And uh, and I said, reach right out to Alex just seconds after yeah. he tweeted about it. That was as brutal as it gets. It deserved a better fate. Puck line gets uh, destroyed with 12 seconds to go, thanks to a New Jersey goal to make it 2-1. to one. Very, very tough break there. Uh, but definitely uh, some interesting games from last night. Alex, uh, thoughts and opinions from Tuesday's NHL action? Yeah, well, we might as well start off with that. But, I mean, that's uh, honestly probably one of the, the worst beats of the year in the NHL season. It's one of the worst beats I've had uh, in, in hockey probably in the last couple of seasons, honestly. Not only did, uh, you know, the Devils score with 12 and, you know 12.7 seconds left in the third to, to crush that puck line, but the Islanders had two shots at an empty net, and they each hit the post or, or just went wide of the net. Uh, like I said, this this trend seems to continue now. It's, we're talking about three seasons where 
teams have empty net chances and they're missing the net completely wide. Uh, and it's just baffling. You think that would be something that teams would at least take a few moments to work on at some point, because, uh, you know, how many times have we seen, you know, we saw at the beginning of the year in the, with Minnesota and LA, LA, you know, hits a post on the empty net, Minnesota come back and score and they win in overtime. We've seen a lot of teams score late in games and, and you know, end up winning, uh, in comeback fashion. So, you know, that empty net goal, it's, it, it, it is important, you know, not just for us betters, but, uh, you know, for, for the teams in the games, you know, just to seal that win up, uh, and, and, and take that pressure off of your goalie off of, uh, you know, your defense unit, because that team's going to be, you know, playing with an extra man using their timeout, uh, you know, and, and pressuring. So that's an important thing that I think really teams need to kind of hone in on because you don't want to have that, uh, happen to you late in the season, you know, that extra point costs you a spot in the playoffs, uh, you know, or even get you bounced out of a playoff game potentially. So I think that's something they need to look at, you know, moving forward. But uh, like you said, the re- you know, around the rest of the league, uh, you, said, you know, Tampa Bay, that was a nice win that I had. Once again, shutting out Dallas, Andre Vasilevsky, you might as well give him the Vesna trophy now, honestly, the numbers that he's put up, uh, you know, it would take a, an insane collapse for him to not be uh, the favorite continuing on. I mean, he's just been absolutely sensational. And, you know, we wondered how these two teams would fare after having a long postseason. Of course, Dallas has had uh, many different issues, but Tampa Bay is just rolling right now. But it's all that's a lot of it is thanks to Vasilevsky, uh, you know, playing lights out uh, in between the net. So that's something to, to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Montreal finally getting the win under Ducharme. They got the 3-1 victory over Ottawa. And then, you know, that was going to happen at some point. They were going to have to beat this, this Ottawa team. Ottawa wasn't, wasn't going to just keep, uh, you know, shutting them down night after night, but you know, there's still some, some things that, uh, you know, Montreal needs to work out, uh, you know, moving forward. They're not just right back to where they were, you know, two, three weeks ago uh, in the top of that division with the, with the way Toronto is running away with that North. Uh, they're going to have to get things, you know, fixed up sooner than later. Yeah. Montreal much needed. That was a perfect spot. Jump on an Ottawa team that playing on the second night of back-to-back games, uh, Montreal finally got a better performance from Carey Price, which was nice to see. Now the question is, can he keep that going? That's going to be the key. It was a big step in the right direction for a goalie that's really struggled. Will he be able to keep that going moving forward? The question. Uh, hopefully, we can keep profits going moving forward into Wednesday. Let's start breaking down the Wednesday card. Actually, before we do that, I did want to mention one thing. Of course, every week I check in with profitability in the National Hockey League. What that means is which teams. Are you the most profitable with betting nightly, game in and game out? And right now, the current standings have the top five teams uh, in the NHL in terms of profitability being the Florida Panthers at number five in the NHL uh, in terms of profitability. If you've been backing them every game, you're up nearly three units. Tampa Bay Lightning, fourth in the NHL in profitability. If you've been backing them every game, you're up 3.4 units. The Carolina Hurricanes, number three in the NHL in profitability. If you've been backing them in every game, you're up 5.6 units of profit this season. Number two in the NHL, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, If you've been backing them every game, 5.7 units of profit this season. And the number one team, I feel like Casey Kasem here on American Top 40 here. And the number one record in the land. And the number one team here uh, in NHL profitability is the team that's running away with the North Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the number one team in profitability, 6.05 units of profit, a league-leading 6.05 units of profit if you've been backing Toronto in every single game this season. So there you go. There's your top five 
uh, most profitable NHL teams, five to one, Florida, uh, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Winnipeg, Toronto. So there you go. Yeah, and the thing with that is, I mean, that, that's a good thing to track, obviously, because you want to know which which teams are, are, are hot and cold. But, you know, usually when you see that top five list, and, and sure enough, when you talk about teams like Toronto uh, and Tampa Bay specifically, you're going to be laying some huge prices more often than not. So the thing is, they're teams to back because they're winning, but you just have to find more creative ways sometimes to back them. Uh, you, obviously, you can't just blindly bet uh, money lines every single night, but it's a, it's a good uh, frame of reference to have. Uh, looking at the top five, and, and honestly, I look more toward the bottom five, uh, bottom six teams, uh, you know, because those are the teams, obviously, you want to just be kind of, you know, looking to fade or, or, or pass against uh, where those top teams you want to look to try to follow. But like you said, you have to be a more, little bit more creative to follow those teams uh, than to fade the bottom. So it, it, it's a good good frame of reference for uh, a handicapper and a better to have. Exactly. And you're right. The top five may not stay top five profitable for the rest of the season. And you're right. Toronto definitely has that feel of a team that may not stay in the top five, certainly may not stay at number one uh, in the NHL, because usually the number one team in profitability in a season is not usually a team that's got that gaudy record and is looked at as an elite team. It's right. a little bit more of an under-the-radar team that has value in the betting markets with their money line prices game to game, and you just make more money with them long-term than you would, say, at Toronto. And again, anytime a Toronto or a Tampa loses moving forward, you're losing a lot more juice than you would be uh, on a lot of other teams. And so that factors in, and it's a good point by you. Toronto and Tampa Bay of that top five group, you're going to be laying more prices with them nightly than, say, Carolina or Florida. Those yeah. are the teams to be careful with, saying, thinking that there's value moving forward because there probably may not be. Yeah, I mean, just, just with the numbers that you read off, you know, like you said, you know, we're talking about three units and five units in the plus. So, you know, those two two teams lose at you know minus two twenty five two fifty they're right back to even money or you know yeah. actually losing money for the for the season so that's the thing where you know you have to like I said you, it's an it's an ebb and flow kind of a chart thing uh, you can't just read it as gospel you have to you know like I said just incorporate it with other parts of your handicap. And I'm looking at the bottom five NHL teams in terms of profitability and not a single one of them shocks me that they're in the bottom five. We're looking at Columbus, Detroit, Buffalo, Vancouver. And Anaheim, Vancouver and Anaheim, 30th and 31st in the NHL in profitability. If you've been betting Vancouver, Buffalo every game, you're down 7.7 .7 units. If you've been betting Vancouver every game, you're down 7.8 units. And if you're in betting Anaheim every game, dead last in the NHL in profitability, 8.2 units down uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. So there you go. Nashville was in that bottom five most of the season, but those few wins they got against yeah. Detroit and the two against Columbus pulled them out of the bottom five. But they're still pretty far down uh, in the rankings right now. Uh, Nashville 24th uh, in the NHL uh, in terms of profitability. So great, good numbers, good things that I always look at. Usually once a week, uh, I keep an eye on that. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep uh, everybody on the ice guys here, everybody that watches the show, listens to the show updated on that. Uh, on a weekly basis. We'll see what changes we find uh, in those profitability rankings here in the NHL. Uh, let's go to the Wednesday card. We'll start with Washington and Boston. The Bruins minus 150 home favorites, total six shaded to the under. Of course, this is the first game for Zdeno Chara in Boston facing his former team, the Bruins. So a little uh, underlying storyline there uh, in that one. From an injury perspective, the Bruins getting a little bit healthier going into this game, which is uh, something that, uh, they're definitely going to be happy about, including uh, David Krejci 
uh, who's been out for a long period of time. So that's definitely going to help uh, this Bruins team going into tonight against Washington. Evgeny Kuznetsov is going to play. There was some doubt about his status for tonight, but he's going to be in there. The Washington Capitals playing some solid hockey here uh, in recent games, 6-1-1 one, and one, uh, in their last eight games. The Bruins have been a little bit more topsy-turvy. You know, they get uh, they drill the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in Lake Tahoe, but they follow that up getting blown out by the Islanders, blown out by the Rangers. They do bounce back in the back half of the back-to-back uh, -back games against the Rangers on Sunday, 4-1. to one. But, you know, they're starting to look like a team that kind of, when they face some pretty good competition, some good teams that are in good form, they've struggled a little bit of late. Now they are healthier now. That should help Boston. But I think there's a little value in Washington tonight at plus 130, plus 135. They've played Boston tough really tough. And here in Boston, they have played the Bruins extremely well. And I think I've backed the Capitals a few times in the past few seasons in the past when they played in Boston, they're a seven and one, you know, in their last eight visits here to TD garden. So it's been a building that's treated them well. You know, the Bruins, it's kind of worrisome that I'm this interested in fading them when they're starting to get healthy, but I'm looking at the price here. And to me, this should be a little bit closer to maybe minus 125, 30 on Boston, not necessarily minus 150, minus 155 where it is. So I do like Washington here as well as a little bit over the total. You're seeing the Bruins offense get a little bit healthier. I think Washington is more of a team I trust offensively than defensively. Vanacek will be in net tonight for them. So I like the caps. I like the over as well. Alex, your thoughts here, Washington and Boston. Yeah, I really like this over, and that's something that we're going to be seeing now with Boston. You know, they've been trending under all season long, and all of a sudden, it uh, seems like since the Lake Tahoe game, things have, like I said, you know, been topsy-turvy. You know, whether they're scoring goals or allowing goals, uh, you know, the pace has really picked up. And the fact now that they are all pretty much healthy, or, you know, seeing the closest thing to a regular lineup that we've seen, you know, pretty much all year, because keep in mind, you had guys like David Pasternak who were out at the very beginning of the season. Uh, so, you know, this would be the first time, you know, coming up where we see the full starting, you know, expected starting lineup uh, to play right through. You know, we'll see how long that lasts. But like you said, on the flip side with Washington, finally getting things in rhythm now, especially offensively, adding as getting Kuznetsov to the lineup tonight. Uh, that only helps as far as offensive production is concerned. So uh, over six, the only land, dollar five, dollar ten. I like that over. And it's just a lean with the Capitals, uh, like I said, plus 130 for a team. Uh, that's won 17 of the last 20 meetings against uh, Boston. You, know, you can't sneeze at that. So it's a lean with the side, but I like the total a bit more. All right. So the over for Alex as well, uh, over six in this game on both Washington and over six in this game. And sometimes styles make fights and you look at series history, look at played out to perfection with the over with the Flyers and the Penguins last night. And with these two teams, they played some barn burners earlier this season. You know, you had a four, three game, uh, in one of the previous meetings, uh, in, and then you had a 5-3 game, that crazy comeback by the Boston Bruins in the other game. So they've played some wild games. They've had some offensive uh, success, both teams head-to-head -head against one another. So uh, I think we get another higher-scoring game tonight, Capitals and Bruins. Next up, uh, we've got Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, Toronto minus 130, road favorites, total 6.5. Uh, the overshaded a little bit. Minus 115. Someone in the chat asking what shaded means. Yeah, it means that the juice is on the, uh, the, the you got to lay a price essentially uh, with that, with the over or the under. And that's what I mean by shaded. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, uh, it's always good to clarify that because some people are thinking shaded. What are you talking about? There's no sun out today. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, on we go with enough of the cornball jokes from me, which often don't land properly. Uh, the Leafs and the Oilers here. Um, look. Uh, to me, 
you, you kind of want to in these, you know, third game now in a row between these two teams, you kind of want to make a, a case for something against the flow. Because what have we seen in the first two games? Toronto and under, Toronto and under, you know, with two shutout wins in a row against the Oilers. You kind of want to see, maybe can we get the Oilers to bounce back here? Maybe could the game go over the total now after two really low-scoring games? I'm not so sure because all I hear from the Oilers and Dave Tippett is, you know, we still got to bring it defensively. And that's all you're hearing from Toronto. It's been all about, especially with Freddie Anderson out, let's do everything we can to support our goaltenders, whether that's Jack Campbell, whether that's Michael Hutchinson, and give them their best chance to be successful. And the way you do that is you protect them by not giving the puck away, by being tight, by being conservative, by being sound defensively. And Alex, what blows me away about the Leafs, not only shutout wins and back-to-back road games in Edmonton, and both of them with backup goalies, Jack Campbell and Michael Hutchinson, which is even more shocking that they shut out the Oilers with Hutchinson the other night. They're not... Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are visibly frustrated in these two games. They're not getting time and space. They get a little opening, and there's a Leaf player, whether it's a forward back checking with the back pressure or it's a blue liner on defense that just chokes off the room, the time, and the space for either of these guys to make plays. And they've done it consistently start to finish in both of these games. So the question is, how does Edmonton adjust? You know, how do they adjust? They finally got some power plays. They said Saturday, oh, we didn't get any power plays. Toronto didn't take a penalty. Well, Toronto did take a few penalties uh, the other night, and Edmonton got their power play opportunities they were looking for, and they still didn't cash in with them. Uh, So to me, it's a situation where, you know, you look at it, and Edmonton, yeah, they've had a couple of opportunities to make these adjustments offensively and find ways to get free, free up time and space on the ice for their stars, Leon, Nuge, and McDavid. But we just haven't seen evidence of it working so far for this uh, Edmonton Oilers team uh, today. And to make matters worse, you know, it looks like Austin Matthews is back tonight for the Leafs after missing the last couple games. So there's, you know, our, one of the best players in the NHL coming back for Toronto tonight. Freddie Anderson is now confirmed as returned from his long absence tonight in net. Is he rusty? I don't know. But still, to have him back is good news for the Leafs. Yeah, you'd like to think Edmonton's going to be desperate. You know, it's, it's almost like that game three in a playoff series, Alex. You're down 2 nothing, and that team's desperate. You want to avoid the 3 nothing yeah. deficit. You kind of feel that way with Edmonton tonight, but I'll be damned if I'm going against Toronto right now. Just too good, and now they get Freddie back, Anderson. They get Matthews back as well. Oilers have shown me no ability to fight through this leaf checking. Uh, so for me, it's Leafs. It's under if I'm if I'm betting this game. I'm staying off it personally. I'm passing on it, but definitely I would lean to the Leafs and to the under as well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Defense is the calling card right now for both of these teams, and the first two games have kind of played out that way. Uh, Alex, what's your take here, Leafs-Oilers? Yeah, it's a lean with the under for me too at six and a half. And like I said, it's not only just defense, but the the fact of, you know, we talk about this with Edmonton all the time. If McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't scoring uh, left and right every single night, this team is going to struggle because they don't have the consistent secondary scores. So, uh, you know, they're going to get cold at some point. They can't just keep up, you know, scoring one, two points a game, uh, especially against the Toronto team that's playing well defensively. Now they've got their top goalie back in with Anderson. Uh, Matthews is back as well. So, you know, the, the offensive pressure, all the pressure really will be coming from Toronto's end more often than not uh, in this game. And, you know, Mike Smith, he's going to be starting. He's you know played well. He's six and one. But he still he can't do it all, you know. And, and like I said, if, if the offense isn't there up top, uh, and these secondary scores still aren't responding, 
then the only way you could be looking at a side here would be Toronto. But I, I, like I said, I don't see them lighting him up for six or seven goals here tonight. Uh, so, you know, unless Edmonton gets things rolling, which, like I said, you know, remains to be seen, the only way I'll be looking at the under. And Mike Smith was really, really good after he uh, came in relief for Miko Koskin in the other night. Like Koskin gave up the three goals in the first period of Toronto, got pulled. Smith came in. It was really good after that. So back to Smith tonight, as you would expect. And, of course, Freddie Anderson. It's always that balancing act. Frederick with goalies that have been out for a while. But but when they're good goalies, they often – they've been in this situation before. And I think the last time Freddie Anderson came back from an absence, he was really good in that first game back. So – Maybe a sign that maybe the rust may not be there for Freddie as it might be for other goalies after a stint uh, on the injury list. St. Louis, Anaheim, St. Louis minus 145 to minus 150 uh, road favorites here. Total five and a half across the board here. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Anaheim has gone over the total in every game they've played since Zegras has been called up. And like I say, he hasn't even been that huge catalyst yet in terms of putting the puck in the net. But what he's done is he's opened up space at time on the ice for his line mates the team looks like they're trying to be a little bit more assertive and aggressive offensively and generate more. The blues have injuries galore on the back end. That's a concern and it continues to be a problem. They're struggling to look, they're they're struggling to protect leads as well. The St. Louis blues team, you know, they were in control four one against Anaheim, the last meeting between these two teams a couple nights ago. And all of a sudden it's four three and here's Anaheim knocking on the door of trying to tie the game. This Blues defense is not shut down right now. It is not a lockdown unit. They've got injuries back there. Uh, I mentioned it, the Carl Gunnarsson injury is significant. He's one of their best shutdown defensemen. He's out for the season now. Colton Pareko is still out. But their offense has come alive. You know, Ryan o- o- O'Reilly, auto parts, he's gotten it going. The captain for the uh, Blues. Uh, Jordan Cairo has been uh, had a good season for the Blues in his uh, uh, first big stint with the team. Zach Sanford stepped up. Braden Shen and David Perron are getting it going. Uh, and all this with Mike Hoffman in kind of a mini slump. So wait, wait till he gets his offensive game back on track. So the Blues have gotten their offense going. Remember, they got shut down by the Kings and a couple other teams. And now all of a sudden, they've exploded. Seven against San Jose. Uh, they score a five the other night in the victory against Anaheim. Uh, cash the over with these in that game coming right back to it here over five and a half for me with the blues and the ducks. Uh, Alex, your thoughts here, St. Louis Anaheim. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this game. I was on the, you know, the first meeting uh, a couple nights ago, I was on Anaheim and I thought this would be a great spot for them to kind of, you know, stop the skit that they've been on as of late. They said, that, you know, getting the kind of, uh, you know, offensive open awareness now with Zegras in the lineup. And I thought they could take advantage of a blue team. Like I said, they've been in that back and forth barn burner, and, you know, we saw uh, Huso in net because of, you know, Bennington uh, completely flipping out. Now we're not sure who's going to be in net. Could be Bennington uh, back in again after Huso, you know, like I said, he did a, a fairly good job until they started pressuring them in the third. Uh, Anaheim got those goals late and, you know, had a power play uh, and they pulled the goal. So it was a six on four. I think that uh, they scored the make it four three. It had a really good chance at even tying that game, too, uh, as well. But uh, like I said, this is a, a Blues team still really hard to trust. Uh, you know, at either end, you know, like I said, they are getting the offensive production, but can they hold things down on defense? And even with Anaheim, I just don't trust them to consistently uh, start scoring out of nowhere. You know, Zegers, like I said, he's only one guy. He, he's done a lot so far, but, uh, you know, he wasn't even the guy that ended up getting the goals. Uh, it was Isaacson who had the hat trick for uh, the Ducks in that game last. So I'm just going to stay away from this one. Maybe something to look at live. 
because uh, the Blues have been had tendencies, like I said, when if they do score and jump out to a lead, let in some goals. So you might be able to get some good shots on the next to score prop with these two teams. Yeah, that would be the 21-year-old Isaac Lundstrom with a hat trick on Monday in that game against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Really impressive. Uh, he had two goals in 44 games before that. So it was kind of like this out-of-the-blue thing that, that he all of a sudden got a hat trick in this game. Kind of surprising. Yeah, Zegers to score. He's He's been a big passer. Like, he hasn't been always the guy taking the shots. He's been more of a playmaker. His, his, his vision and passing skills are elite. Like, he's making these, you know, tape-to-tape, thread-the-needle passes through a couple of defender sticks. You know, he's done that a couple of times. Uh, that's the kind of skill he's got. And I remember seeing him do the same damn thing, you know, in the uh, U.S. World Junior uh, run that that team had going, winning the gold medal. Same kind of just precise, accurate passing, can see the play unfold before it happens. That kind of, you know, intuition that he has on the ice. Uh, it's He's an impressive player, and he's going to be uh, an impressive player. There's no question about that. Maybe look Isaac Lundstrom to score a goal again tonight because maybe he's feeling it. Sometimes he got yeah, like absolutely. a bad. Patterson finally didn't score last night, but once you get these guys in a groove and in the zone, sometimes that it goes with them for a few games before they cool off again. So maybe you look at Lundstrom for Anaheim tonight in terms of uh, goal scoring props. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I was agreeing with you on that. Like yes, he said, you know, if he's a guy that's going to start, you know, to catch fire, and like he said, you know, the the way that things have just kind of opened up for Anaheim, like I said, offensively. Uh, and it's, you know, like I said, Zegras, you know, having the, a guy who can pass the puck well. And that's kind of been the thing with Anaheim. It's not so much that they don't take a lot of shots. It's that the quality of, of their chances, their breakout entry has never really uh, been that strong in the last couple of years. There's, like I said, that's because of they're so defensive minded. Uh, you know, they don't they have a very conservative kind of breakout. Uh, so the only time we ever see them really get quality chances is if they're on a power play. Uh, and, and even then they are, you know, one of the top, top units in, in the league in that category either. So like I said, maybe things develop over time. Uh, like I said, it's kind of an, uh, you know, an infectious thing with, with Zegras having that kind of awareness, you know, to open things up and, and just kind of free guys, uh, you know, to get better looks and better chances. But like I said, this is a, you know, not one of those spots where I want to look at it. I want to see them. I don't know what team I would be looking at, you know, backing against, Anah- uh, backing Anaheim on now at this point. To, to end this slide uh, because everybody else in the West is really, you know, getting things kind of uh, geared up so far. So, you know, they need to win this game to try to keep pace, uh, you know, just, you know, for themselves, obviously they're not going to be a playoff team, but to, you know, just have some forward momentum and some solid footing, this would be a game they need to win tonight. Yeah. Zach Sanford to score for St. Louis is absolutely someone to look at Two goal scoring prop two goals. The other night scored against San Jose, I mean, just ride it. You know, he's feeling it right now, and he's getting the minutes as well. Uh, Zach Sanford, he's playing on the top line, you know, right now for this Blues team, and he's obviously showing that he's earned the minutes uh, because he's uh, popping the goals in the last couple games, playing with O'Reilly and Cairo. Uh, You can't go wrong with any of those guys right now for St. Louis uh, on that top line for sure. And, yeah, seven straight losses for the Anaheim Ducks. They'll be looking to snap that skid uh, here tonight. Minnesota, Vegas, Vegas minus 145 home favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over. Uh, Minnesota, frustrating loss. They played two great periods. Vegas really came at them in the third and were able to turn that 4-2 deficit into a tie and then eventually an overtime win. Alex Tuck was marvelous in that game. Uh, Minnesota, kind of, I've gone kind of going back and forth here with this game because I do think Minnesota, I'm probably going to go on them again one more time. Part of me does worry, though, that maybe they let that one get away 
and they're not going to get Vegas back again tonight because that was Vegas to wake up call that, you know, they were down four, two in that game. They didn't play well. They turned the puck over a lot and yet they still managed to come back and win that game a five, four. It's got that feel to me potentially that maybe Minnesota let that one get away and they're not going to get it back tonight uh, in the rematch here against Vegas. But part of me also says, I think they'll take some solace in the fact that, they went toe-to-toe with Vegas. They took the game to Vegas for over 40 minutes and played well. Of course, we know with this Minnesota team, they're a much more skilled and talented team than they've been uh, in the past. Uh, there's no question they have really gotten better in terms of being able to score goals, and we've seen that uh, with all the talent, with Kirill Kaprizov, with Kevin Fiala, Joel Eriksson, guys that have been really good putting the puck in the net for this uh, Minnesota Wild team. They've got more offensive capabilities. I think Marcus Foligno is just, you talk about a leader and a guy that does everything. He can score big goals. He's going to defend his teammates, drop the gloves every now and then. Uh, he can be on my team any day, Marcus Foligno, just as wear a heart on your, on his sleeve guy uh, as a hockey player. Um, Vegas will be probably better tonight because I think they feel they let one slip a little bit or got away with one, I should say. Uh, in uh, escaping with the win the other night, but I kind of like Minnesota again here, uh, plus 130. And because uh, I feel I got the right side there the other night, or it felt like, you know, should have cashed a ticket with Minnesota uh, in that game. Uh, I think they'll come back strong. I think with Everson there, there's more of a hard, there's a tough mentally, a mentally tough, tougher team than they've been in the past under Boudreaux and all these other coaches they've had that it hasn't panned out. So I'll give Minnesota another roll of the dice tonight, a plus 130. 30 in this game. Alex, your thoughts on wild golden Knights. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking to, uh, you know, make some plays in game with this one. Uh, like I said, to lean toward Minnesota. I think like I said, they, they have the the mental fortitude to bounce back in this spot. Um, but I just kind of want to see how things start off a little bit. Like I said, they did have the big win streak. That's something we talk about a lot when you have a team that's won five, six, seven games in a row, and then they lose. Sometimes they tend to, to kind of, you know, flatten out after that first loss, and they'll end up losing a second game before getting things turned around. So uh, this is a big test for Minnesota. If you know, We get to really see if they're going to be a true contender or not based on how they respond early in this game. So maybe even a lean with Minnesota first period. Uh, but like I said, I'll be you know looking to you know kind of dabble more in-game with this one than have anything pre-game. All right, next up we've got Colorado-San Jose. Colorado minus 220. Uh, road favorites, total six, uh, shaded to the under. I'm kind of bit worried a little bit about the blue line for the Colorado Avalanche based on what I saw uh, last night, especially with, and they're not going to return tonight either. Uh, Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram are still out. Uh, they've missed the game against San Jose uh, on Tuesday or sorry, on Monday, and they're not back tonight either. And those two guys, even though Bowen Byram has basically barely played 20 games in the league at 19 years of age and Kale McCarr is still only in his second or third year, those are arguably the two most important blue liners already on this team. And without them against San Jose the other night, it was a fire drill uh, in their own zone. They were running around, coughing up the puck. Puck management was piss poor from Colorado. And Jared Bednar said that after the 6-2 loss the other night uh, against San Jose. Uh, so to me, Colorado does have worries on the back end. Nevertheless, the, the response level after a loss, particularly a bad one, has been very strong this year. They're another one of those teams that's been pretty solid off a loss. Uh, that uh, and uh, San Jose has not been able to put two good games in a row together. Uh, you look at them. When's the last time they've won two games in a row? It's it hasn't been there. They're still a team that I worry about defensively and with their goaltending. Uh, 
obviously they got a lot of goals that helped them win the game the other night, but Colorado stepping it up offensively. I think tonight you're going to get a much better effort and uh, focus from Colorado. Maybe they saw San Jose and Colorado just dummied them two games in a row in Colorado earlier this year. I think they went through a little malaise there. You know, it's going to be an easy night. This is the Sharks. We've already beat them up twice. Yeah, they're not going to be thinking it's going to be easy tonight. They're going to come out with that focus, come out with that purpose. I think Colorado, the track record off of losses is equally good for them as it's bad for San Jose off a win. I'm going to go puck line here, Colorado. Ian puck line, uh, an ode to Jimmy, who's uh, not on the show, but hopefully uh, back with us uh, tomorrow. But uh, yeah, Colorado puck line, minus one and a half, plus 120. I'm going to stick with the over again because I feel that if Colorado loses – it's going to be because San Jose scores a bunch of goals again because that's the way they have to win games. They're still suspect defensively, but Timo Meyer, uh, Kevin LeBanc, Logan Couture, uh, and company, uh, they're playing really well. Evander Kane's gotten it rolling lately uh, for the San Jose Sharks. They're finding offense on a nightly basis, uh, this San Jose team right now. Rudolph's Balsers scores a couple of goals the other night. Uh, so, yeah, they're getting uh, – contributions from a lot of different guys uh, on this hockey team. So I'm on both the Avs puck line and over six here, uh, Avs and Sharks. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Colorado, San Jose. Yeah, I'm on that over as well. Like I said, you know, uh, which, whichever Colorado team we see tonight, like I said, it, it you know, San Jose is going to probably respond with at least three or four goals here. But I think we do see Colorado bounce back. And the fact, like I said, with no McCarr, no Byron, and they're still going to be weak, you know, on that back end. They know they're going to have to kind of play that same up and down style, uh, and, and they have the horses to do it. Obviously, you know, Landis, Gog, and McKinnon, uh, they have more than enough offensive talent to, to get into a track meet. But they got to kind of focus themselves into knowing that, hey, this is how we're going to have to win this game. We can't rely on, uh, you know, shutting things down like we did in, you know, the Vegas series and against, you know, Arizona playing a, a low tighter game. They've got to come out right out of the gate, you know, playing more open ended. So. Uh, perhaps a lean with the first period over, but I like the full game over at six a bit more. All right, Alex, liking the over as well. Yeah, someone in the chat, DX file, or first period puck line Colorado. Yeah, wouldn't talk you out of that. Wouldn't argue with that. In fact, may bet it myself, but uh, uh, definitely I wouldn't. Uh, I think that's not a bad way to go either because you would think first 20 minutes, that's a good effort from Colorado you get after what happened the other night against the Sharks. Next up, Arizona-Los Angeles, final game on this Wednesday NHL card LA minus 120 home favorite, total five and a half. This one is heavily juiced to the under at minus 135 in this game. Uh, so you got these teams, they haven't played actually for a little bit. It's been a little bit of a respite for these two teams. Uh, they haven't played since uh, the weekend uh, as, as they finally get back to action here tonight against one another. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings have been incredibly uh, playing some great hockey. They finally got cooled off a bit, uh, lost consecutive games to the Minnesota Wild at the end of their road trip. Uh, now they return home for that first game, but they get a few days off. So maybe that's going to help make not make this that really very uh, bad spot that usually you have for a team, West Coast team, on a long road trip, and now coming back home. Uh, you've got Arizona off a 6-2 to two loss uh, to the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, in their last game. Uh, they've dropped a two in a row, but again, both of those to Colorado. Uh, not really much uh, uh, shame in that. Uh it's, it's interesting. It's going to be anti-Ranta, by the way, uh, in net for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Probably Cal Peterson, I would assume, uh, for the LA Kings. It uh, doesn't look like we've had confirmation of uh, Peterson yet, but we do know it will be Ranta. Uh, Ranta is 2-2, two and two, but those underlying numbers, not spectacular, to say the least. 3.99 goals against 895 save percentage for Ranta here. 
So I'd probably lean a little to the LA side, but uh, it's just a lean for me. It's two teams that, look, I think they've played pretty tough on a nightly basis. I expect that because they're both off losses, and I'd just rather not go against either one. So for me, it's a pass just to lean to LA because I think Peterson may give them the edge in uh, in the twine tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think, Coyotes versus Kings? Yeah, I'm on LA. I grabbed them at even money, but I still like it. Uh, you know, right now minus a dollar five or dollar ten, and that's going against the hot trend too. Because Antti Ranta, as you mentioned, he's going to be in net for uh, the Coyotes. He's five zero and one in his career against the Kings. The one point three two goals against and three shutouts, uh, which is impressive. He only has thirteen shutouts on his career. Three of them came against LA, so he has uh, been a king killer in his career. But like I said, the 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 form that LA has been playing right now. Uh, has been very solid, and I don't think there's going to be uh, too much of a letdown with them coming back home here in this spot. Uh, Arizona is getting Connor Garland back as well, so you know we'll see how you know that works with him in, in the lineup. So this should be a back-and-forth game, but I think L.A. Uh, has enough, especially with Peterson starts, to win this one. So I, like I said, I got him at even money, but I like them all the way up to 110 or 115 here in the spot. Yeah, Arizona is banged up, but they are going to get uh, Connor Garland back, which is going to be a big – uh, help for them, no question. L.A., I mean, what they've gotten, Alex Iafalo and Kopitar and Brown, their top line's been terrific. Even Athenasiu is starting to percolate offensively. The rookie, Gabe Velarde, has been good. Uh, Adrian Kempe's had a very, very solid offensive season start to finish. These are all surprises because you don't think of L.A., these guys all at the same time bringing you uh, production offensively. Their defense has been solid. More than anything, they might have found something in Cal Peterson. Uh, who's been pretty pretty darn steady uh, in between the pipes uh, this season for the LA Kings. All right, that is the uh, Wednesday NHL card. Uh, great breakdown and analysis. As always, we hope you guys that are watching and listening enjoy it each and every day. We're the only hockey betting show seven days a week, uh, breaking down every single game uh, in the NHL throughout the season. Uh, again, patreon.com slash iceguys for the Patreon page. We'll have our daily NHL Ice Guys card posted there for members to that page. We'll also have articles, Alex's goalie charts. Starting next week, I'm going to have game previews posted uh, on the on the page as well. Uh, lots of stuff, lots of info, so check that out. And again, if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, you can always download the show in audio podcast form. The downloads are going up. The listener counts are going up. We really appreciate the support and you guys all checking out the ice guys seven days a week. And before we get to best bets, uh, reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. You'll get a, a deposit bonus. You'll get uh, incentives. You'll get bet boosts. You'll get all kinds of insider exclusive deals, bonuses, you name it. And all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets. Uh, touch wood. It's been a good solid run here uh, with best bets for the entire crew. For me, four in a row. I'm going to go for five in a row tonight. But Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, best bet for this Wednesday card. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Caps and Bruins over six goals as my best bet. Uh, so, you know, these are the two teams that uh, just seem to be kind of, you know, trending in the over for, you know, different reasons, obviously. Uh, you know, Boston wants to get back, uh, you know, on, on into their winning ways. But even with that, they're still going to have to. Uh, you know, score some goals and, and bunches, and same thing with with you know, this Washington team. Uh, now they get get Kuznetsov back, uh, they should be able to kind of keep the pace offensively that we saw at the beginning of the year. So, uh, you know, Lance, you know, a, a cheap price here with six goals. I like the over is my best bet. All right, over six with the uh, Br uh, Capitals and the Bruins. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, I'm gonna go and uh, you know we're in a good groove. 
this is more of a, I don't want to say risky, but you know, I don't do many puck line bets for best bet, but I really do feel good about this one. I think Colorado brings it tonight. I think this is time to put the woodshed beat down on the San Jose team. Uh, I think they're going to have that mindset to do it. Yeah. No Makar and Byram a little bit worrisome, but I still think offensively they'll come, come alive and they'll at least as a team, do a better job containing the Sharks tonight and be able to win this game by margin. They've been a good bounce back team and it's been forever since San Jose has won two in a row. I think that continues tonight. Colorado puck line minus one and a half plus 120. That'll be my best bet for this Wednesday NHL card. That'll wrap it up. Thank you to everyone for watching and listening. We appreciate it. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. For another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.